0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Caged In, a weekly podcast where I take you through the life and career of Nicolas Cage. This week I'll be talking about the 2015 The Runner, a political scandal movie which sees Nicolas Cage play a disgraced congressman. Perfect. What we need right now is to talk about film about disgraceful politicians. Uh, I thought there was no one better to speak to about this film with than a fantastic comedian and podcaster rich wilson um few yeah he's a very very strongly opinionated guy and also immensely immensely funny and there's nowhere you can hear that better than his podcast well his two podcasts so he has insane in the membrane and insane in the Fembrane podcasts um which you can get wherever you get podcasts and we talk about that in the episode uh so i won't I won't bore you too much talking about all that stuff but yeah rich was an absolute gent and we had a lovely time recording this well i know i did i don't know i can't really speak for rich but i assume he did uh perfect so i'll mention this in the beginning as uh normally i save this till the end but seeing as time is quickly approaching to it you have until the 31st of august to enter a competition to win a uh, one of a hundred print Uh, a caged in tim hornsby superman lives print all you have to do is just get in contact with the podcast and say what is your favorite nick cage film and why um you can do that through social media which is all at caged in pod on facebook twitter and instagram or you can go over to iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, and leave a rating review, and just tell me what your favorite Nicholas Cage is and why, and I will pick my favorite to yeah to, to send out one of those for free, just um, a bit of fun, and uh, you'll also get if you want it, I I will be doing a personalized recording of a section of the Declaration of Independence for the lucky winner. Just again, I thought that would be pretty funny. If you don't want that. Tell me, and I I, I won't do it. I'll give it to someone who who, who wants it. So, uh, yeah, I won't uh, waffle on any more, and I'll let you enjoy this episode with the fantastic rituals. In the aftermath of the Deepwater Horizon BP spill in 2010, a politician puts his head above the parapet, but he's got a few skeletons lurking in his closet. Nick Cage stars as Colin Price in 2015's The Runner. Every time there's a political scandal, there's always spin doctors that come into play. We know the tactics they play, whether it's false claims on buses or eye tests during a pandemic. This week, I've enlisted my very own spin doctor to get to the bottom of this situation and what this film is about. And that is in the form of fantastic comedian and podcaster, Rich Wilson. How are you today, Rich? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm not too bad all things considering, I guess uh I don't know. It's a, it's it's a weird day today. Obviously there's all speculation. Yeah, I guess like this this film is about politics and obviously we're living in very weird political times and yeah, yes. I guess there's all talks of lifting the the lockdown and what what that means for the the future of us as people. Yeah. I don't know. Uh yeah. How, how 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 are you how are you coping with everything? Obviously
1: uh, <laughs> all right, I, you have days, you know, where especially with comedy, like you know, we all lost, we lost everything in like twenty minutes, yeah. And it so you're you, you sort of spending the the last sort of three months working out what your next move is, what you're going to do. Same with a lot of people, not just comedians. Loads of people lost their jobs straight away, and it you know, and then it, and then so it's a bit galling when the people that we've entrusted with leading us out of this. You know, bullshit. Don't know what the fuck they're doing, and it, and it, and they're just, and they're just carrying on with their lives, doing whatever. Like Cummings is driving wherever he pleases, where the rest <laughs> of us can't even go to Asda for a bottle of milk at, at, after ten o'clock. It's like, you know, it, it, if we, if we, if we trusted our politicians a bit more, if they were doing their job properly, it'd be a lot easier. But
0: yeah, at the moment, I, I guess that's something that this film speaks to, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into it and. In. In all due time but before we get into it I always like to ask a few questions at the beginning to kind of see what your relationship to Nick Cage is like and the first one is always are you a Nicolas Cage fan?
1: Um, yeah do you know what I don't go out of my way to see his movies <laughs> but I'm really happy that he exists I just like him I really I I just like the, you know he's, he's he's living this extraordinary life and whenever you hear about him And they go, oh, Nick Cage has done this now. you go, good. That's what I expect from Nicolas Cage. I don't, I want, it makes life a lot better knowing that someone like that is running around being a bit mental and (laughs) just, and doing any film that comes along. And he gets knocked all the time, but I love him. I think he's great.
0: Well, I think he's only comparable, really. I was kind of going through it the other day. And like the only other actor I'd think is like kind of up there with him is Willem Dafoe. And just that they kind of, like have got these really like massive careers of like a hundred plus films and will do like will be in something batshit crazy or and then they'll do something that's really like high budget or like they, yeah. they will just take anything and they they do really interesting films, obviously like Nick Cage recently has like kind of come back as this i don't know. He's doing a lot of weird art house horror films, whether it's like Mandy or Color Out of Space. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Willem Dafoe's similar with like The Lighthouse and stuff like that. And obviously, I don't know, he's he's carved out this little niche for himself, whether it's been in like all the Wes Anderson films. Yeah. I know f- from hearing on uh, other podcasts and stuff, you're 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 a big fan of uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. And yes, Willem- I am. Yeah, w- Willem Dafoe's character in that is
1: absolutely yeah. fantastic. Like, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Willem Dafoe. I I think when you see those actors that they 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 might appear in like the odd blockbuster, mm-hmm. but I think what that I mean that's not anybody. They do these big sort of you know these jobs that aren't very fulfilling, but they pay really well, and then that affords them to do the things they actually want to do. So that's the sign of a great actor is just. You can actually see it. You go, oh, look, he's in Spider-Man. I'm sure he enjoyed it. But, you know, he really wants to do these little weird and wonderful, like they say, these art house films. And I think, I, I mean, that's, you know, that's, they're in it because someone like William Dafoe, Nicolas Cage as well, probably, they love acting. And so they learn something from every project that they're in. So they'll do anything because it's more about the process and learning and being better. And so they slag, people slag it off, but I think, yeah, I think he's brilliant.
0: Well, that's the thing for me is, like, Nicolas Cage, like, even in these films that, like, The Runner, not the best film in the world, but he still brings, like, a bit of his, like, kind of, he'll give you something interesting in every film he does. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Whether it's just, like, a kind of a look in a scene or in one scene he might be like, whoa, what's he done there? Yeah. Like he pulls it out, He pulls something out of the bag that's just like, oh, I weren't fucking expecting that. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like he's, he's, like, an off off-the-wall character in it. Yeah, Ooh, nobody
1: been... <laughs> nobody does haunted better than Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he has that that look where everything's you could just he's just like, oh, this is bad. No one, no one does it better than Nicolas Cage.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So what was the first Nick Cage film you remember seeing? Was there a specific one that jumps out
1: to you? Or... Um, no, he's, he's just always been around. I think. He just, I think it was Raising Arizona was the one that I thought uh, He probably did some little ones here, there, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But Raising Arizona was the one. And I remember when that came out, it wasn't, no one said it was cool. No one, like now it's got a kind of like a cult following yeah. to it. But when it came out, it was, I remember people liked it. They never raved about it as far as I remember. And I didn't watch it straight away. I was, I was, I would have been a bit, not too young, but I would have been interested in other things. So wasn't until later on, I saw it. And I just, for me, he just, he just it was then you go, like, I, like I said, I don't actively seek out a Nicolas Cage film, but when they're on, I don't switch them off.
0: Well, yeah, like, his career has got some absolute, like, ITV-free, like, smashers, like your, your Con Airs, The Rock, do you know what I mean? They'll be on hard rotation on, like, I don't yeah. know, like, you your, what would now be classed as like your dad films? Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of mid <laughs> mid nineties run. You're probably like you'd be able yeah. to p- pick them up in HMV for like they'll be wheeled out on like the Father's Day specials or something like that. It's, like a good old a good old action
1: movie. Um, yeah, they do a dad's box set. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what is your favourite Nick Cage film? Obviously,
1: I. Do you know what I love? I loved him in Kick Ass as the dad. I I thought that was a spectacular performance you know he really he was, he was and then when he's on fire you know, and when he was getting killed and he's getting burned alive and yet he was still giving advice to his he was still yeah. fighting it and it was it was it's such a great performance I think he was great in that um i just love him in anything in anything he's always he's always brilliant it was a brilliant Like he was in um he was in a film, can't remember what it was called, but it was with David Caruso, you know, the, the, the redhead guy from uh, oh, Kiss of Death. Kiss of Death. Yeah, yeah, it was Kiss of Death. And there's this bit where they're, 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 I can't remember what had happened, but he's, he's having a go at this fella and he says to me, he goes, Clean up your own backyard. Before <laughs> like, you start getting involved in other people's business, sort your own shit out, you know, and I'm like, ah. Oh.
0: Yeah, he looks fantastic in that as well, doesn't he? He's kind of got this little like pencil thin goatee and like draped in velour tracksuits, kind of like I don't know that New Jersey scumbag like mid level gangster. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic little shout. He's
1: just digging. He's just clean up your own backyard, and you're like, whoa. That stayed with me. That Uh, it's it's a great metaphor for life. Like, yeah, still getting involved. Hope it was business. Sort your own yard out. Yeah, perfect. So I think. Kick ass. I really like this stuff like Drive Angry. Like the it's so bad that it's good. Or when he was in uh, the remake of Gone in, Gone in 60 Seconds, they tried to make the they made, tried to make the bad guy look interesting by calling it, was like, it was called like the carpenter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He was always whittling and always building something. <laughs> like he was like this, this this like eccentric weirdo, and it just didn't quite work.
0: Well, it's probably quite hard to paint a character as an eccentric weirdo when your main character is, like, Nicolas Cage. An eccentric who is like, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who is famously known for being, like... The, the, the guy's got his, like, tomb already built for him. Yeah, yeah, the pyramid. Wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, like... <laughs> how, going into any movie, can you go, like, oh, I want you to play, like, an eccentric bad guy here. And it's like... well. Well, Nick Cage's personal life already makes paints him out to be a kind of, like on paper, an eccentric bad guy. Even though, yeah. like from from everything, like he seems like he seems like quite, quite, quite a reasonable. There's the, that, from what I know, there is no scandals of Nick Cage. Like, no,
1: not really, not really. Nothing of you know, not like, of him being a sex pest or anything like that. I mean, he's been he's been a bit rambunctious in places. He's been, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, well,
0: I say that now. I watch it all come piling out. Yeah, that's it. Oh, but uh, th- that—that's when this pivots to being the uh, Willem Dafoe podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: um, perfect. So, yeah, like so, it's probably best to talk about the runner.
1: I'm going to make sure these bastards pay for what they've taken from you. Well, all right, Congressman. This is the most devastating, man-made, environmental disaster in U.S. history. These people of the Louisiana Gulf Coast. We need our help. Even though this is British petroleum spill, it is America's ocean.
0: That speech was a godsend. Don't blow it. This is what we've been waiting for. Today, it appears the sun is shining on a Louisiana congressman nobody knows in everyone's best interest to keep american oil healthy i'm looking to back a horse that will support our interests
1: what makes you think i do this we'll make sure that you're in the center of it all
0: colin's not gonna have one solitary friend in washington colin you're not gonna resign Louisiana's
1: always been one big family And we don't abandon our family when they make a mistake. You don't have to be the
0: hero. You just have to make it look good. What the hell is that supposed to be?
1: We're in the middle of a disaster here. People are suffering. We're not just going to lay down. You're not going to win. We'll see.
0: People are broke, sick with dispersants. You're the only one down here doing a goddamn thing for us.
1: I want people to know I'm going to be there for them. You are in uncharted waters. You keep risking everything that we work for.
0: Just got to fight through it like a man.
1: Great men. Men who build legacies. They aren't always decent.
0: What was your first impressions of the film?
1: Well, it's one of those films. I can't remember why I watched it. I think someone else had had said to me, you should check this out. And then you're watching it and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. Another pol- another dodgy politician who, he, I mean, he's, this, his character isn't as dodgy as others. He's like, he was like a good man, but, you know, he's a man and men are beasts and men can't help themselves a lot of the time when it comes to, yeah. you know, something that, when it comes to sex, it always seems to be sex that fucks men up, you know? Well, well, this and men and uh, think men. We need to talk about the fact that men are like I've already said. Men are beasts, and all of us, bar none, right? We all deal with these mad fucking thoughts every second of every day. Right. That, uh, that you know, you walk kind of go, oh, she's nice, oh, that's nice, or that, you know, and you're, and and we need, and uh, some most of us can can I've got a handle on it, and we don't, we don't react to those thoughts and feelings like we don't. But if you see someone that you find attractive, you don't go wandering over to her and start yeah. trying to start a conversation, you know. But some, but some men haven't got that. They still think they can just, for some reason, they're like, oh, no, I'm not a creep. It's everybody else. And it's like the same. And so it, all, all these films, it's always where the guy, you know, he's, he let his dick rule the world. He let his dick uh, make all the decisions. And it, and it fucked him.
0: Well, it's quite an interesting one because I f- like from doing some like background reading and from watching the film, it automatically jumped out to me of the real life case of an- Anthony Weiner,
1: who was yes, like a was... Yeah, con- con- I hadn't seen it. You show me, you tell me about it, and I, yeah. I hadn't seen it. Yeah, exactly. It was, well, it was the same, wasn't it? He'd done that. He had that impassioned speech. Yeah. So that everybody believed in him. And that's what happened in the Nicolas Cage film. They just caught a moment on camera, and they're like, wow, this is the man, because he's so honest. And then it turns out he was, you know, having sex with people that he shouldn't have been. And and people are so fickle, they just, they forgot straight away about all the good stuff. They just went, yeah, he was doing that. You go, yeah, because he's a human being. As well as being a, a man, he's a human being. And, you know, they, people aren't allowed to make mistakes. And it, it's, I it was difficult to feel sorry for him, though.
0: What, uh... Nicolas
1: Cage's character. Yeah,
0: well, well, this film is kind of weird because it doesn't really settle on, like, an arc for the character or, like, follow just, like, this is, like, a redemptive tale of a guy who, do you know what I mean, did something bad, but deep down he is a good guy, which is an interesting, like, character kind of study in itself. They kind of try and, like, add in all these other elements of, like, the, the drunk, like semi-abusive dad who's kind of like made him suppress all these feelings and he's like a from what we gather like a recovering alcoholic and yeah they throw in like this b plot line of uh a love interest with his public uh like publicist yeah like sarah paulson's character and it's just a bit like and you don't like from watching it the second time i i not in any like way. I didn't like from the relationship he had with his wife. It wasn't. It wasn't really like a surprise when you found out he was cheating. Not obviously to blame her mm. in any way, but like it's you. Like you see the cracks. It's not like he was. I don't know. He he's painted out to be an asshole completely. It's it's, yeah. it's a very weird one because like there, you see this very weird. Cont- I don't know. It's like he's being controlled by everyone else in his life, whether it's the, yeah. the specter of his father, who was a politician, or his kind of power hungry wife. Who who? Yeah, was like,
1: she was. Yeah, she was like pushing him to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she said, "Look, if you don't take, if you don't do this deal, then I'm going to leave you." And so that was getting coming to play, and and then and then yeah, and then you find out that he was having an affair with his publicist as well. Yeah. And then, and that's when you, cause oh, it, when he, when he, when he first, so all the stuff came out about him and then he had to stand down and then he's, then it's sort of like, it cuts out nine months later and he's kind of figuring out, still figuring out what he's going to do. Then you started to feel for him, you go, all right. Cause he was trying to, you know, yeah. he started up the charity and he was still trying to do the work that he was doing when he was in, when he was a politician. And then, but then that, when you find out about the affair, with the with the pub- publicist, you kind of going, oh mate, I thought, ah, oh, I thought it was going to be, and then they tried to make it out like it was, like they loved each other, and it was just difficult for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, and it, that... it didn't really, it didn't really fit. It didn't. I didn't feel. I still didn't feel sorry for him.
0: Well, there's really funny moments in this, and just like the portrayal of like a guy who like who's clearly like. In the throes of a divorce, of like very stereotypical looks of like kind of like a bed sit Do you know what I mean he's always yeah. sleeping on the sofa for some reason? Yeah. He's just got he's just got boxes everywhere. He's like he's gone back to drinking. Yeah, he's back on the booze. He has some like weird yeah. exchange with like a sex worker at some point, which is like oh
1: yeah.
0: He kind of like I don't know go or the film <laughs> the film like really like really pushes you to be like oh it's it's getting seedy because like the 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 camera effects go a bit hazy and stuff like that and it's
1: like well that that goes to show you again sex because like the man's his his life's in in the bin he's got nothing now he's got no one else to turn to and then it's always portrayed like men go off and find sex workers or they'll go and do you know and it it's always back to sex with men and men need to, we need to get more of a handle on it. Cause it's yeah. fucking us up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like now we're in the middle of this, like, you know, people are now coming out about people that have been abused and they're trying to, and they're, you know, they're knocking that you know, they're trying to sort that out. And it, you know, it, it needs to come down to men. Men need to admit that, that it's problematic and that's how we'll make changes, you know?
0: Well, I'd say for, like, one of the interesting points about this film is it, it deals with, like, things, not in a great way, but it, deal it, like, it has the potential to deal with, like, really important subject matters, like you mentioning, like, this kind of thing of, like, um, I don't know whether it's, like, the Me Too movement or, or just the kind of council culture that, like, we live in Yeah. this. <laughs> like, even today, like, moments before, like, coming on to chat to you, I was, just all you have to do is look on twitter and just see like who's trending and it's today it's mel gibson jimmy kimmel tina faye and then it's like bang 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 like all this stuff wow. has happened about them and it's like oh, fucking know. Yeah. maybe i need to like I don't, I don't i don't know how like it's 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 obviously got its, its pros and it's got it's got its cons does not it because obviously yeah. like this film shows that like that this guy is is trying to do a good thing, it's just like yeah. his personal life has managed. I don't know, managed to get in the way of his political, but like with that, it's like, where is yeah. the where is the, where, <coughs> the line, basically?
1: Yeah, but it's that, yeah, we don't. I think this cancel culture thing is just getting out of hand now. Now, people, you know, you, you, you if you do something wrong, there should be, there should be space as well for. Uh, reconciliation and, and, and uh, you know, you should be able to, to, you should be allowed to atone for what you've done. There should be compassion. You know, this, this, this thing that we all have to lose everything if over one discretion, you know, it's, that there needs to be a, we need to have more of a conversation so we can meet halfway and go, well, what about, you know, there must be a room, there must be room for redemption. And, you know, unless you're an evil sack of shit and what you've done is completely (laughs) disgusting and heinous and, then yeah, you should absolutely have everything taken away from you. But I think there needs to be there needs to be more of an understanding. Like why why are men sliding into women's DMs? Why are men why are men sending messages out saying I'll pay you for pictures of your feet? But why <laughs> why are men doing that? And that's what we need to go back to. It needs to be it needs to go right the way back to when we're really little kids, and we talk about how we're told we're taught how to to uh how to conduct ourselves in in public amongst people because we do have these thoughts and feelings and some people like i said earlier people can't they think it's all right to ask in a certain way for these things and it's not all right it's not all right at all and that's why we're in this massive tsunami now of outing people and yeah and and it's a massive overcorrection as well so we're getting what people are just people are hurt and they're upset so they want, they want their, they want those feelings dealt with. They want, they want, you know, they want that, the, the you know, they want those people cancelled because that's how they, they're like, yes. But that won't be it. They, they'll, that feeling will still be there. So let's deal with why the feelings are there in the first place. Why are we, why are men doing what they're doing? You know, it's complicated, but I let's go back to the beginning. Uh,
0: yeah. And to your point of like, we need to start early. Like I've, I've got an 18 month year old son. And, yeah. like, that's something I just constantly, like, I'm um, I'm having to educate myself because, yeah, I, I've, like, I haven't done anything heinous or anything like that, but even I, do you know what I mean? Like, seeing yeah. all this stuff happen, you question a lot of your own, like, no, how how have I been in situations? Do you know what I mean? It, it, like, how could that have looked to, some, like, from someone else's perspective and stuff like that, whether it's, like, mm. uh, sexual encounters or just kind of dealing with women in general? Like, yeah. and, and now yeah. I'm, like, oh, like, And even at at like early age, like doing like, luckily I have the resources of the internet and stuff like that being able to like, there's so much stuff now to obviously like generationally we can push it forward to, yeah, yeah, whether it's books on how to raise like a feminist child who understands from that very early age of how to deal with like, like the opposite sex and just be sensitive to not just just everyone's needs and it's 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 crazy it's crazy that like this kind of stuff like i don't know yeah like
1: you said men are beasts like (laughs) yeah and i'm uh, and i know men you know men listening to this you go who's this prick go i if you're honest with yourself like you are like you've been and i've been we have those thoughts and feelings all the time men we are we are men and women human beings are animals we, we need to get back to that. We get this 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 sense of self It's, it's super inflated, like we're important and we're this, and that. But we're animals. We're just more aware than other animals. So we know that when we see someone we're attracted to, we we can't just go over there and grab them and and have sex with them. We know that. We know that. But the thought this right down in the back of your head, these thoughts that that are you know that are there, and because men just men just want to fuck, want to eat. And if we can't do either of those things, we just, we, we don't want to, we don't know. We're just eating and fucking all the time. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and those are the thoughts and feelings that we need to work out. We go, yeah, you right. That's, that's, get, it gets easier as you get older. But when you're a kid, you, when you start, when you become of age and you're like, oh, just fucking, oh, I just want to have sex. I need to have sex. I've eaten, I'm fine. I just need to have sex. <laughs> and that's what you're dealing with. And we need to be taught how to handle that beast inside of us, you know? It's yeah. fucking hard. Yeah. and that—that—that's—that's
0: that's what, like, one of the things. Like, it's a real shame about this film that it doesn't kind of—I don't know. It's a, it's it's very televisual for one, and like, yeah, me saying about the the Anthony Weiner thing. Immediately, as soon as I saw that thing, like the sexual scandal, because at the beginning you kind of don't know where the film's going to go. Is it going to kind of be like this? I don't know. Damning statement on like how like BP handled the the oil spill crisis or like where is it and it kind of takes his left turn but then as soon as that kind of reveal came I was like oh I remember watching that documentary that's wicked like I want want to stick that back on like at least at the heart of it you've got this you've got this interesting well-rounded character and in this it's kind of they try and shoehorn all that in like I said before with all this kind of like yeah. we've got his dad over here we've got the publicist <laughs> over here we've got the the wife like the, the wife like back here or whatever and it's all a bit i don't know, it, yeah it, it all kind of like at the end like even watch it because i watched it maybe like a couple of weeks ago yeah obviously yeah. things happened. we had to postpone the podcast and then i was like it came to today and i was like you know what i don't really remember a lot about the film Fuck! I'm gonna yeah. have to stick it back on. That's kind <laughs> of like, and I think that's as damning of a statement you can kind of yeah. make about a film is that like <laughs> two two weeks on, and I'm like,
1: what? <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it for years, so I watched it this morning just to recap. But yeah, if you can't remember after two weeks, it says it all. But it's, um, it, I think it, maybe it would have worked better as a TV series then, like, and it, it, you know, not 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 necessarily in season after season, but maybe. A six season thing, you know. They could have got more into the characters. Yeah. they could have been a more nourishing finish to it or a conclusion. It wasn't really a conclusion. They didn't deal with the. They didn't deal with the with the oil spill and BP and what was happening there. They didn't deal with him and his. You know what was going on with him, even though he, you know, he he, he loved his pub but he was he was obviously troubled. They didn't deal with any of that. And the last thing that he was, you know, his wife you know, he crashes the car into the garage, <laughs> wife's house, and she's like, oh, you know, and you can see she loves him, but, oh, yeah, it, it didn't do anything, it didn't go anywhere. Well,
0: that scene of the, like, car going through the garage is just kind of, to me, just felt like, oh, like, we really need to, like, show a cathartic...
1: So in the drama in, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, We we really need, like, a cathartic burst of energy of, like, yeah, he's really got to boiling point here, and it's like, well, we're running out of runtime here because this is like a very <laughs> solid ninety-minute film, and it's like yeah. you could tell like the, the the producers were there with a big stick, going like, "You better not fucking go over that runtime." And they've gone, "That's it, that's it, we'll." Yeah, we've got it. the
1: budget. We ain't got yeah. the budget anymore. We've got an hour and thirty-one. We just can't do it.
0: <laughs> we, we've just got to get that car through the garage. That's going to show us that he's re- he's really hit the
1: skids. Like. But yeah, but it, it, even though this is a sign of another of a good actor, isn't it? When the film around it isn't great but their performance is still great. Yeah.
0: You know,
1: it, it was still, the actors in it were great. You know, they were dealing with they, I mean, we, we watched it and we don't really know where it went or what that <laughs> mean. Imagine acting it and, because and, they wouldn't have filmed it like linearly, they would have been yeah. different. So they were got right, we're going to do the garage scene now at the top <laughs> and then we're going to work our way back and Imagine that. (laughs) So it just goes to show how great they were, that they could still come out with these great performances.
0: Well, having like Sarah Paulson there, who obviously has this like amazing like TV career through like the American Horror Story stuff or whether it's the like O.J. Simpson, like uh, dramatization. That's what made me think like a limited series of like a kind of the idea of this. And I know uh, I think it's, uh, at some point there's going to be a dramatisation of the Clinton impeachment and the kind of Monica Lewinsky scandal. Oh, wow. And it's like, that is how we tell this, this story from The Runner. Like, is in that yeah. a 10-part series that can really get into the nitty gritties of everything and yeah. kind of show this portrayal of, like, yeah, you could see parallels between the character of Colin Price and, yeah. like, a Bill Clinton who, like... Did did some did some like
1: yeah I mean I mean with, with Clinton it, the more you get into the Clinton thing you know you watch you watch that documentary Thirteenth and mm-hmm. you see there's more this Nicholas Cage's character was you know he he had relationships with people that weren't his wife yeah and you know yeah of course that's not a good thing but it's not it's not up there with like he wasn't outed as a paedophile or yeah he hadn't raped anybody that's you know whereas Clinton and, and those people, they're linked to some fucking horrific yes. stuff. Yeah, so even then, you know that they're not going to go, if they did this Clinton thing, they'll just focus on the Monica Lewinsky thing because then it kind of, it's like, oh yeah, we admit he was a bit naughty. You go, no, 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 that's not enough. <laughs> what about the Bilderberg group? What about, what, about the, what about his mates? What about the five white racist paedophiles that live on that island that rule the world? That's, that's what they got to get into. Um, yeah
0: and uh, they, they they won't and uh, that's the thing i think with like dealing with these subject matters until like there is one a key shift in like the way like men behave and like obviously yeah. we've seen throughout the last few years throughout the film and tv industry and even lately like many other entertainment industries like whether it's uh like comedy as well like there's been a lot of I know recently there's been some stuff of people, like some claims, especially in regards to television in the UK and stuff like that, and people coming out with like thingies or whatever. But like, until there's a change in that, like, I don't think we will get these stories that really show us the warts and all of just how vile some people in politics especially are. Like, and like, I think it will be like years and years. Like, I don't think we've ever really seen on, in, in cinema, like an actual portrayal of of a politician that really I don't know unless it's Hitler, maybe in Downfall, <laughs> where like, but it's, it's it's easy pickings. Like I don't I don't think yeah re- really. Do you know what I mean like nobody's really out there going like oh but like I but don't. That's know. It, isn't
1: it yeah? No one's no one's defending Hitler. It's like a clean yeah. We know yeah. He, we know he was evil. We know what he did. There's no kind of yeah, but he was really good at painting. Like, no. Where no one gives a shit you were evil whereas I don't know we need villains now aren't that clear cut are they no you know where they're all they're all in each other's pockets and they're all pretending that they're doing good and all that but again like I said until we change the fact that five white racist paedophiles rule the world you're not going to change anything you know the system's the system's the way it is because of those fuckers living on that hill those we get we get rid of them then we'll be able to change shit. But yeah, I don't I mean, know what... Maybe we need a film. We'll make a film. Nicholas Cage can be the, the head, head white racist paedophile. <laughs> and me and you could play the other two. I don't know who else would be in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> perfect. We'll get Willem Dafoe uh, knocking about <laughs> in it as well.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, uh, Trying try, try to, try to think of the fifth one. It would be, per, it would be, it would be perfect. Uh, if it comes to me, I'll, I'll shout Sam it out. Sam Rockwell.
1: Sam Rockwell.
0: Perfect. Well, yeah, as we've seen from Free Billboards, he's got the racist side down packed.
1: I love, Sam again, Sam Rockwell in everything is brilliant. I mean, you know, again, like Willem Dafoe, you know, they can be in the shittiest film going, but they stand out. They're Mm -hmm. still brilliant. Meryl Streep in Mamma Mia, I fucking hate Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2. They're the worst films (laughs) I've ever seen in my entire life. But Meryl Streep is still brilliant. Still brilliant.
0: Meryl Streep is amazing, Everything. There's uh, like one film, she even worked with Nicolas Cage in some transcendental link uh, adaptation. I'm not not sure if you've ever seen the film Adaptation, which is like a fantastic film uh, from the writer of being John Malkovich. And it's a kind of meta story of a writer trying to adapt a book. And it's kind of got these dual storylines going on of the adaptation itself. And the writer mm-hmm. trying to write it, and we get these kind of convoluted scenes where it's things we've seen in the film itself. Later in the film, we see the writer writing that, and he's like, "Oh, so the right. script will start like this." And yeah, it's like, and we kind of get this like flat like things of him on set of being John Malkovich, and it, fantastic film directed by Spike Jones. So yeah, anyone, I, I imagine people listening to this will probably, uh, if you're this far into Nicolas Cage's career. And you haven't seen adaptation? I don't know what you're doing, but yeah, I a, seen it, I a personal recommendation for, for you,
1: Rich. Yeah, I'll um, check it out. I'll check it out.
0: Perfect. Yeah, it's uh, obviously you. You picked this film, like I, I know. <laughs> I gave you very slim pickings to choose. I from. know. I was
1: going through it. I'm like, fuck. Ah, uh, so I just thought this. The I thought oh, I have seen that one. This is all right. We'll go with this one, and it gives us a chance to talk
0: about you know the bigger what? picture. Well, that's what the, that's what this podcast is, and it's obviously sometimes it'll be a hard, hard sell to people. It's like, Nicolas Cage is the conduit to have a conversation yeah. about what these films like, whether it's, yeah, the links that you have to cinema or the the links that these films kind of tell us about the, the outside world, which, like, in my opinion, cinema is there to do, is to kind of, like, say, like, in a an hour and a half, preferably, tells yeah. us a story that, like tells us something about what's going on outside our front doors or even, yeah. like, about ourselves, whether that's, like, kind of gritty kitchen sink dramas like Tyrannosaur or even, like, yeah. And obviously there is space for spectacle and stuff like that, but some of the best films that, like, big budget action films at the heart of it have got a, a saying something about something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even Die Hard's got its, like got this kind of like got this little nugget. If you look for it, it's got this nice story about like <laughs> kind of like a dad trying to get home for Christmas to see his family. Like
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would crawl through broken glass to get to you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's I would the metaphor.
0: I would take on yeah, I'll take on a take on a building full of uh like <laughs> nondescript european terrorist yeah just yeah, yeah, yeah. To, just to spend uh christmas day with you uh,
1: Perfect. i would lose my shoes and run around <laughs> that's how much i love you
0: still got still got time to have a few ciggies as well any <laughs> old john mcclain oh yes yeah.
1: that's how shit smoking is doesn't matter how shit the world is around you you still got time to do that horrible habit
0: <laughs> perfect well like what are yeah the, the, the end of this film as well like we kind of see that like he doesn't really learn anything,
1: does he? Because No, but that's it, isn't it? It, it, it. You know, the publicist, so everything goes to shit. He loses everything. And then he's still sleeping with his publicist. But then she decides that she's going to work it out with her husband, her estranged husband. And he's like, you see him go, oh, because the wife had already said, I don't want to sign the divorce papers. You know, she obviously felt still loved him, doesn't didn't want to get divorced, hoped that they could work it out. And he sort of snubbed her, like, no, nah, I'm not interested, because he thought he said the publicist. And then the publicist turns around and says, No, nah, I'm not we're not doing this anymore. So then he tries to go back to his wife. Yeah. So then he turns up outside, and he's pressing the button for the garage doors on the drive, and they don't open. So that means she's changed the combination that like he's been blocked out. So he drives the car through the gates <laughs> and into the garage. You're like she already, she already got, she already decided. She gave you a chance, and you said no because you thought you were in a better place. You thought the grass was greener where you were, and it wasn't. And now you've tried to go. And that's when that was the final bit. I went, oh, I don't care about you anymore.
0: Yeah, and then and then it kind of gives an added like I don't know um, olive on the top of the cake because it's like a bitter aftertaste. <laughs> yeah. Is when he does the speech, like convincing the oil, work convincing the like uh the workers and stuff like that. Yeah. But going with oil is the is the correct like uh, yeah, like supporting the oil companies, even though we know as the audience that is the like that is the bad decision because there's um a guy he keeps having conversations with who says like I will fund your political campaign, pretty much yeah. if if you get in my pocket and do yeah, do as I goes say. Again.
1: Yeah, which goes against everything he is because at his core, he's a good man. He's he's ethically, morally correct. You know, he's in the right place, but he cannot resist the pull of his own penis. Yeah, the pull of <laughs> and
0: his own.
1: That's, pe- what, that's what makes all of his decisions for him, and you know, and he's still putting himself first because he's like he didn't want the wife, but then the publicist went back to her husband, so oh well, I'll go with the wife then. Fuck it. You know, it's that. It's a typical fucking bloke thing.
0: Well, yeah, and then we haven't even got on to the point that, like, it's got this... Like, again, I don't know why it's in there. It's got this whole thing that he just, like, goes for runs all the time. And I was like, what the fuck oh, yeah. is this? What is this trying to tell us? Like, what, what did that have any, like... Were you like, were you, like oh, that's really telling
1: me. <laughs> I think it's a... It's a very it's well-used a cinema trope that they use to show thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. So... It means he's gone for a run and he's thinking things over. Whenever they do anything like that, is it's cause he's they're thinking. So rather than being it awkwardly, he's sitting there like that. Hmm, you know, it's like they, they make it more deep. So he's yeah. he's gone for a run in the in the early morning light and he's just yeah, he's mulling it over. And it and that's something as well, having read books and written on things now and again, so you know the framework, you know how it... You can see it coming, so this person and then this person and then they cro- their lives cross here and then they come away here and then it comes back at the end and it's all that and you see that right now I've seen how it works. Yeah. I see it in nearly all films. And so and with this one it was so obvious. So like, ah he's a good man, but blah, blah blah blah. And you're like, right, what's gonna happen? And then they didn't even make they didn't even make what he did that bad. Like they didn't he wasn't like a real sex offender. Yeah. you know he was he was an adulterer but he wasn't he wasn't severe you know they tried to keep it what he done was wrong but he still yeah. kind of liked him.
0: well they kind of slightly elude because the the woman he's sleeping with like she gets approached by a journalist and she looks like she's at, like cheerleading practice but like i oh, think yeah. it's a, a lot of the time with casting especially in american stuff like I can't really like it's very hard to gauge how old people are. Like you watch a lot yeah. of these like TV shows, whether it's like Riverdale or like um nine oh two one oh like like the, oh, yeah. the especially the modern remakes and stuff like that yeah, like the modern ones. And you're just like, Oh these these are these are twenty eight year old people like playing sixteen year olds. So like Greece, wasn't it?
1: The old yeah, the old yeah. Greeks, they're all like thirty years old playing high school high school graduates. There's especially
0: uh, one of them who's got this kind of like face that looks like old leather, and it's like he's yeah. supposed, he's supposed to be a high, he's supposed to be a high school student. It's like, I don't fucking think so, mate.
1: Right? It was um uh, yeah, but there's another film. It's about casting. We watched recently. Uh, Call me by my name,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a really good film, and it starred Army Hammer, and he's this he's he's in Europe staying with this professor, and and the, him and the uh, professor's son. They have this. They have a. They get together secretly, but it turns out everybody knows about it, and, and it's, it's a really good film. But it's Army Hammer. And Army Hammer is this like six foot five American guy. He's supposed to be like an older student, kind of like in his, his early mid to early twenties, and he's having relationships with this young lad. Who I think he's like of age. He's not. He's not very young, but it was still didn't. It didn't fit. I, was yeah. like, I don't know if army hammer was the right you know was the right is fit that, for that.
0: Is it set in Italy or France? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: France, France.
0: Maybe that's why they went with uh, like the the like only speculative, that's why they went with the location. It could be a, it could be a matter of uh, age of Consent in that country, it makes it seem a bit That's my cynical oh, brain. That's how with, they got around it. Yeah. Very much coming into play there. Uh, so there's me going, no, no, they were, they were of age. And then you go, on,
1: where was this film? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, per- or, or they were like, well, Italy's beautiful this time of year. Let's get the production <laughs> out of there. <Yeah.
1: laughs> Never mind those two fellas doing that. Look at
0: the trees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Well this film as well is set in new orleans which is yeah. like somewhere that like from going through all the nick cage films it, it's it's a location that prop like crops up time and time again yeah. obviously like in his personal life like nick cage has got a, like a very close affection with new orleans like we I
1: we think he has yeah. new orleans you know memphis no he's you know he's a huge Elvis fan, and has even I think talked about. Well, he's you know he was married to Elvis's daughter, or uh, was it his daughter, or was it his ex-wife? I always get confused. Three, yeah, with- I, yeah, who's who? But wasn't it even that for a bit? Yeah. Yes. You know, he loves, he loves. He's always when you th- when I think Nick Cage, I always think of the South. Yes. You know, and and I I don't think of skyscrapers and and you know the the that kind of world i always think of him leather jacket driving some crappy car somewhere he's always troubled (laughs) you know he's always he's a loner and he's you know he's he's a good guy but he fucks up but it's in it's in most films that he's like that you know you kind of that maybe that's why we love him because of the characters he plays he doesn't really play out and out cunts
0: no like yeah that that is and uh, it's a very interesting career in that all the time like He's had yeah over a hundred like films like put out. Never really lent on like franchises or anything like. No. that. It's, it's always he's just played these one-off characters. Only like maybe one sequel, like the the Ghost Rider films, and even them. Interesting. He he, he plays the tortured soul so yeah. well, and as you said, like he plays pained really well, and like I yeah. think especially he's haunted. Yeah, especially now, he's very much leaning into that, and I think it's something that has, like, come with age for him, that he's kind of carving out this niche of this troubled man in these, like, bizarre situations, whether it's Mandy again or... And at some point in the near future, we're going to see Nick Cage as Joe Exotic in a six-part TV series, (laughs) which is, like, something that is absolutely, like... I didn't I didn't think about that as casting until it was announced and then I was like wow I think this uh, could work yeah 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should have got the you should have got the rights to the script
0: well yeah well there's another like obviously I'm always like banging about online trying to find what I can about like what's happening coming up with Nicholas Cage because I'm, as you saw from the list I sent you I'm very much nearing the end of his film <laughs> and, like, and 2020 is very much like put a kibosh on a lot of things that, that normally even mm. any year he will churn out at least six films so like yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. grind to a halt after 2020 <laughs> but yeah there's a script online for a film which i think is like going again at least it's going to be interesting uh, a film called the massive the massive weight of brilliance which is oh, yeah. nicholas cage playing himself
1: Wow, it's come full circle. Yeah. It's come that it's finally happened. This is what the world has been waiting for. <laughs> Let's see how we are be so good to see how he sees himself. Well,
0: like from speak like I've had the absolute pleasure on this podcast at times of speaking to people who've worked for him whether it's like uh, yeah. the director of the Crank films and uh, right um, yeah mum and dad Brian Taylor or like you said, personal favorite for you, drive angry. The, yeah. the the writer of that said on set, he was very self aware because there's a moment in the film and he's holding up some money and uh, Nick Cage like said on set like between takes is like, well, I've got to keep a got to keep an eye on my money at the moment, which is like <laughs> very like self aware because this was right around the time that he went through like a whole like tax like oh, really? evasion crisis. I think it was, uh, his manager didn't pay his tax, and then all of a sudden he's got like he's got to sell his castle at Loch Ness, and he's got to sell this dinosaur skull, and like do you, like they very very bizarre, yeah, very bizarre wow. things. And now 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 yeah, now we get to see. Well, eventually we'll hopefully see a film in which he plays himself. And really,
1: wow, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to see that. That would be, be magnificent.
0: Well, before I let you go, Rich, obviously, yeah, there's a few questions I like to wrap the whole podcast up with. Uh, First of all, would you recommend this film?
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Don't, don't, just trust me when I say no good will come of it. It will definitely be a waste of an hour and a half of your time. There are better films out there that deal with this sort of thing. This ain't it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. Just take it for me. <laughs> Don't but, do it.
0: And, and to your point, like as a, as I mentioned earlier, like I would recommend Wiener, the documentary on Netflix at the yeah. moment, which is a perfect portrayal of this kind of situation of somebody who means good, <laughs> let let's his dick get in the way.
1: And, exactly. Uh, it's, it's it's the 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 documentary Wiener is what the runner could have been. Yeah. It's yeah. A, yeah. They well, could have got more into
0: it. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you that's like specific to this um, podcast is obviously like Anthony Weiner went through uh, went with an alias when he was committing his like dodgy dealings, which is Carlos Danger. Um,
1: wow.
0: Yeah, and I, I I wanted to know like if if, if and that was his
1: undercover name. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> which the ego of that the ego of that guy. Yeah, yeah, I want to be undercover, so Carlos Danger. That's gonna ring a. F- it's gonna. Bring people's attention. <laughs> Fucking dick.
0: So very much in, in the, like, it, it got me thinking of the, that old classic game of, like, what is your porn star name? Which like, I'd <laughs> imagine, like, is how, like, Anthony Weiner maybe, I don't know, put his name into some generator online and found out Carlos Danger would be the perfect for Anthony yeah. Weiner. Um, so obviously, yeah, the, the rules are quite simple, which is um your first cat's, or your first pet's name and the okay. street, the street you, the street you grew up on, like gives you what your porn star name would be, and what, what would that be for you today,
1: Rich? Oh wow! Um, if I did it, if I did it, just straight down the line and go right with first pet, and where we lived when I was a kid. Well, we lived in a couple of places when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but it would be <laughs> it would be Smokey Chelsfield Smoky, che- Smoky <laughs> Chelmsford Lane, Smokey Smoky Chelmsford.
0: Is, is yeah, we'll just,
1: yeah, we'll go. We'll go with that. That's a that's a pretty. But what would you choose? Have you? Is, uh, I would have gone. Well, we because we. I used to have a dog called Elvis. Mm-hmm. So I would have gone Elvis Crescent, maybe. Oh. Somewhere else where <laughs> I grew up. <laughs> Elvis. Elvis Crescent sounds cooler than yeah Smoky Chelsfield.
0: Perfect. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So, yeah. I, I'll wrap it up with these three questions and then uh, we'll, we'll get into where people can find you, which is, uh, does Nicolas Cage have bad hair in this film? Obviously, he's known for sometimes sporting not the best of do's. As a very stylish man yourself, I feel like you can <laughs> pass judgment on other people, Rich.
1: I'm very lucky to have the barnet that I have. Uh, <laughs> very, very good jeans. So thank you to my mum and dad for that. Uh, I have a good barber. Uh, mr paul sweeney fellow comedian you can find paul sweeney at elps in uh angel He's very very he does my hair joe lycett rob beckett does us all Does susie ruffle yeah so there's your recommendation but yeah Nicolas cage unfortunately was not has not had good follicles bestowed upon him He's he's not had a good do in many things, really. Blessing. Raising Arizona was a good yeah, do. Perfect. perfect kind yeah. of Ace Ventura messiness. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's not been kind to him. And uh, every <laughs> it's, you can see, uh, he's, especially in this one, I don't know what was going on with it. Just, yeah, bless him.
0: They were like, the, the money's going to go on the car crash. We'll we'll skimp on the... Yeah, we've got to
1: replace the garage doors. <laughs> we'll we skimp of. <laughs>
0: Yeah. hair and makeup can kind of like we can they, push flung, him the a, budget.
1: they, they flung him adjust for men and then went <laughs> yeah the rest of the party's going on this
0: <laughs> perfect and uh obviously yeah cage is known for pulling out some accents in his career whether it's Conair with the kind of southern drawl and in the runner would you say he does anything outlandish or crazy in regards to his delivery
1: no, it's all very sort of played down. It's that, it's still got that Southern yeah. twang, but it's not, it's obviously what, I, yeah, what they're trying to portray him as um you know, he's a, he's a, <clears throat> he's a, a learned man. He's obviously studied and he's, so he's, so his accent has been softened because he's been educated somewhere. And I think that was, so that, so little details like that, you go, yeah, that's probably how he would sound because yeah. he's gone away and he's educated and he comes back. And so he's, He's had to change his accent a little bit. So that, that really worked. I think Jason Statham is the king of shitty accents. <laughs> in he tried to, in the first Transporter film, which I find, which I think is all right, actually. It's not, it won't change your life, but if you want to just switch off from everything, good old nonsense romp, kicking, kicking the shit out of people for a bit, The Transporter. His accent in the beginning of that is really bad, and then they obviously halfway through it, let's just ditch the fucking accent, (laughs) just keep going.
0: Well, that yeah, that like again to to bring it back to like the Jason Statham and like speaking to the director of the Crank films, like he was saying like that was originally written as supposed to be like an LA cop, and Nicolas Cage was like the first choice for that role. Oh wow! At the time, too expensive, but then when it came to Jason Statham, and he was like. Like kind of came on, like came to meet them, and he's like, "I don't like." First of all, was like, I, I don't do comedy, and then was like, oh, it's, "It's set in LA," and he knew like I can't do an accent. And they went, "You know yeah. what? The film's so batshit crazy, you just do your own it voice.
1: It won't matter. Yeah, it won't matter.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like the premise for this film is you have to, it's yeah, keep your heart rate up, otherwise you're gonna die. So it's like <laughs> it's like speed in a human. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It. <laughs> and it's yeah.
0: like it's like the last thing you're going to be thinking is like, we've oh, just, we just watched a guy have sex on like a basketball court. You're not going to be going like, oh, but he's not really nailed that LA accent. No, I know. No.
1: Yeah, it's funny with that. <laughs> That's the thing with all, all these Hollywood films. Nine times out of 10, there's that fake, oh, we've got to do this by this time, otherwise yes. this will happen. It's always, it's always time constraints on every film. So how long have we got? We've got a day, you know. It's all that on every film. Well, like, yeah, it was, the, this didn't have. This didn't have. It's so it's so open ended. There's no. It just didn't go anywhere, and there was no resolution, and there was no. It wasn't anything really.
0: Well, that's like, it. It could have really just focused on that, like initial the scandal breaking and the pressures yeah. that it has on like a family, and even like down to the fact I don't know, like just like dramatically, I think it would have like worked better if the that like as a couple like the prices had like a child or children because then it like yeah. there's another avenue of something interesting you can explore like what that does to a family unit of like an adulterer whereas like it's kind of going yeah as i said before it, it wants it, it wants everything it wants to throw in yeah. all these elements that like at, at the end of the day it just it's i don't know it's too many i don't know sometimes like a dish can be good yeah a few ingredients as opposed to yeah what have i got in the cupboards like
1: yeah they obviously wanted to make a film that would be it would make a a political Mm -hmm. statement about what's going about about what went on and but it didn't they didn't nail that and they didn't nail him and they didn't yeah like you say there was too much in there and they didn't do much with any of it you know
0: yeah well you, you clearly end up like going you need to like you, you'd you obviously know as a comedian, like, your your goal is, I tell this story, my, my things are here, 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 and here, punchline, yeah. do you know what I mean? Bit like, yeah. like, topper, whatever. Whereas, like, and it's like, that's the story I want to tell, bang, bang, bang. Whereas this, like, just went, oh, fucking like I've, I've drifted yeah. off, I've drifted <laughs> off. It's like, yeah. if your story was adultery, the effects on a relationship, bang, let's see that all the way through the end. Instead, it goes bring in the BP oil, let's bring in all this other bullshit that doesn't need to be there.
1: And No, that's it. it, it <laughs> even, the, even the spine of the story mm. that the whole film rested on wasn't strong enough. None of it was strong enough. In it, it, you can't. yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't off. At the end, you didn't go, oh, I'm glad I saw that. You're like, what was the point in any of it? <laughs> you know.
0: So one last question before I let you go, Rich, which is, do we get a Nick Cage freak out? Again, something he is known for throughout his career is Going off the boil? Does he does he bubble over
1: in this? Uh, no, really. Even that, he doesn't really. He kind of he loses his rag mildly, uh, two bits. But not even it's not your traditional. Yeah. Nick Cage. It's just <laughs> he's like, hey, stop that, and then he moves on, and it's like you know, yeah, it didn't even have that. It's got nothing for the Nick Cage fans out there. Just. Just watch it, because you'll feel like you want to watch them all. You know, like, you know, true Nick Cage fans. I've seen them all. You know, well, leave this to the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you're well, if you want to be, yeah, if you want to be a completist like this idiot right here, like what what w- watch this? But like,
1: it, what's it, it? Have something else lined up straight away. Yeah, any
0: a, a, any casual fans, give it a wide berth. I'd say. No, I'd no
1: say. need. Absolutely <laughs> no need to have this in your life. <laughs>
0: Perfect Rich. So it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Obviously you have, a podca- you have a podcast of your own, um Insane yes. in the Membrane and now Insane in the Fembrane which like yep. I've got to say both of them absolutely fantastic like uh, Thank
1: you mate. I appreciate that. That's well, nice to know.
0: Well yeah, when it comes to uh Insane in the Membrane like especially uh just obviously that's been running a lot longer and hearing those conversations and you you say it all the time in the podcast of hearing men with the accent that you have like working class yeah. men having these conversations that you have is for me personally has been a massive like yeah benefit and just kind of like thanks mate listening to your stories of like i think i don't well, yeah when did the when did the podcast launch and like kind of what is the what is the rough premise um, of
1: insane in the Man, we right? started it it came out in it's been out a year and a half now so it started in february 2019 And I didn't really know what it was about to start with. I just, I must have subconsciously knew, I knew subconsciously what I wanted to do. And it kind of, it kind of formed itself. You know, As I realized as the conversations were flowing, we were talking about not just mental health, but where we came from as people and what we had to deal with when we were growing up and there's how we dealt with it. And then people hearing that stories, hearing those stories were going, Oh yeah, that happened to me. Oh good, I'm not alone. And it kind of snowballed from that. So it's about people talking to each other and from that people listening will go, well, won't feel so alone. You know, all these like me today saying, Look, all men are fucking animals and we all need to mm-hmm. have a look at ourselves. You know, that's really hard to admit, you know, and it's hard to admit that you need help with things, especially if you're a man for some shitty reason. So I do it just because I want to show people that this is what I'm still learning. And I'm still, I'm still working myself out, but I'm doing it. And I've found, I've found people, uh, I've had, I've had forgiveness and, and redemption. And it's all come my way because people can see that I'm trying to improve myself. So, yeah, yeah. and that's what the podcast is about, really just showing people, men and women that, you know, we're all as fucked as each other.
0: Yeah. And from listening, like personally, from listening to your story of like becoming like a, uh, a dad like, was, uh, like an early age and stuff like that as somebody yeah who late late 2018 became became a dad like your yeah. podcast hit me at a perfect time and kind of going like oh like it can it like it can all it can all be all right like um yeah just men obviously having these conversations about like and obviously like say saying the pocket sound like it's really heavy and it's not like no, it's, it's, not a, at all. it's it's immensely funny as well like it's got it's got yeah, these yeah. moments of levity and like just these yeah. amazing chats that like I think more men should be having like absolutely through and through and like whatever, like whatever means in which you have to do that whether it's like you feel that like you can have those chats in a park at the moment or, yes. or if it's after July 4th in a pub garden if you're that fucking moronic to do so that early Uh, or if it's or or if you're kind of like in the i don't know predisposed like me and rich here to to go you know what I'm going to start up a podcast and that's my excuse to have chats with other people about, about stuff, about life. And you might need the guise of it being about Nicholas Cage to just have conversations (laughs) with people, which probably says something to my mental health, but that's that, that could be a whole nother conversation.
1: You need to let the the shields down, let people (laughs) in. (laughs) This is what we're doing today. We're getting there. This is our first attempt at breaching your, your walls, your, your, (laughs) Um, I, yeah, it's a, it's, it just my podcast is, you know, it shows men that you, you can still talk about things that bother you and trouble you, it, but you don't have to be all, it doesn't have to be heavy, Yeah, you know, it's in, it can be done in all manner of ways. It could be done like this through the medium of a podcast, or it can be done just through like doing something, going off for a walk together, you know, yeah. trying to talk to each other. Communication is key. And I say that all the time.
0: Amazing. So, uh, where can people obviously find the podcast, and where can people keep up to date with what you're doing, Rich? Obviously, eventually, you will be let back out into the wild to be yes, performing so. comedy.
1: I hope so. Uh, you can find "Insane in the Membrane" and Fembrain on all podcast platforms, wherever you get your platforms from. If you follow me on Twitter, I am Rich Wilson, or Instagram, I am Rich Wilson, or Facebook, I'm on there. <clears throat> and there's a there'll be a smart link in the bios on each page so even if you even if you can't remember if you can remember rich wilson find me on these things click on the link and that will take you to wherever you need to be
0: perfect i will of course leave all the all the usual you know you know the drill all the usual links in the um in the show notes and stuff like that where people can find you and even i'll run it by yourself first but if there's a clip on youtube of yourself performing comedy as well so it can wet people's appetite for weather. yeah we'll,
1: we'll, i've got i think i've got one i can send you yeah perfect
0: yeah so we can we can we can let people know that once this whole ordeal of lockdown is finally over and we all feel safe enough to to to, to play to play once more that yep. you can you can go see rich in in your local comedy club well rich it's been an absolute
1: pleasure having you on the my podcast. pleasure too thank you for having me <laughs>
0: well there we have it guys that was the great rich wilson and i will tell you again this could be the third time in this podcast i implore you to please check out rich's stuff uh whether that's on social media or his podcast please yeah definitely 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 listen to rich's podcast it is great uh, and hopefully you guys will love him as much as i love him uh If you feel vastly different about the runner than me and Rich did or if you have points that we missed, if there's any errors and omissions that you would like to bring up, you'd like to get in touch and have a go at me, you can do that as always on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at cagedinpod or you can send me an email which is cagedinpod at gmail.com dot com. I'm always up for having a chat, and if you follow me on those social medias, I'm always kind of like posting articles and just stuff I find, and just yeah, we're just always there having having a chat about stuff, always asking questions. Like, uh, I don't know if if Cage and Travolta were to do another film, would it be any good? Who would you like to see direct it? Uh, as of late, we've seen we've seen many. Uh, Cage working with like plenty of like horror directors, or well, at least two, uh, with one one on the way possibly, and like what what directors would you like to see Nick Cage work with? These are the types of things we we're chatting about over, especially on Twitter and um, Instagram. So please, yeah, get involved, uh, create a nice little community. It'll be fun, uh, and make sure you tune in next week to hear my conversation with the spookiest boys in podcasts that I know, James and Jamie from Sorta Ghostly, where we discuss 2015's Pay the Ghost. What happens when Nick Cage's son goes missing on a Halloween parade? Is it another kidnapping? Or are there evil forces at play? Tune in next week to find out. So As always, I've been Petrus Patsyllabus. I have been Caged In. You have been lovely. Catch you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the PodCharles Cinecast, Caged In of Connections,